0: Welcome back to Jesse's Girls. I am your Giggle Box host, Jesse Champlis. <laughs> I told my guest before we were recording I had to get all my giggles out, but he informed me that the giggles should stay in. So they will not be edited out. The giggles will stay. They will be the third guest on today's episode <laughs> because I feel like this episode is going to make me giggle a little bit at times. It's a little dark, it's a little fun. You know how it goes. Welcome, friend of the pod, Troy McKeady. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> <to hang away. laughs> it's been a little bit since we recorded together. I know. It's been a while. Our last time recording was when we kind of blew up the internet with our Britney Spears episode.
1: Mm, yes, yes, yes. And look how much has changed even since then.
0: And that's why I don't feel like we could even make an episode again, like a follow-up yet, because Brittany, I feel like, and this is all speculation, Mm -hmm. is just kind of living her life right now. Yeah. It appears, just from what we can see, so no one come for me for saying that, just from what it appears, it seems like she is living her life.
1: We basically all just need to shut the fuck up until that book comes out. That's how I feel. If the book comes out. When
0: the book comes out, Jessica. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that you still have hope. Because I'm jaded. A great track on Miley's latest album. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still full of hope. And also a great uh, Aerosmith track. Uh, It was favorite Aerosmith song. But it's besides the point. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. Today, though, to hard pivot from Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. I thought that talking with you about this particular individual, Nicole Scherzinger. Or how do you like to reference her, Troy?
1: It's pronounced Scherzenberger. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. <laughs> you
1: know, people say it different ways in different parts of the country. It's all right.
0: Yeah, it's like a, it's a colloquial thing, like a mm-hmm. dialect. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I thought talking about Miss Scherzenberger with you would be particularly poignant since you have a lot of thoughts about her. And we talk about her just as... Friends a lot, too. (laughs) We did. And I I find myself going back and forth about her a lot. She has done a lot of questionable things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A lot of questionable things have happened to her. Mm -hmm. She's had to make decisions for herself, of course. Sometimes those decisions were fine, and other times they were at the expense of others. There's a lot... To consider when talking about nicole which i don't think most the regular person if you're walking on the street if you ask them about nicole scherzinger they're not going to know the ins and outs and the intimate details about what makes her tick but people mm-hmm. that are unwell like us and the people listening to this episode absolutely have opinions <laughs> and <laughs> so i really want to get into it so just if you have not listened to last week's episode I went, I put my whole pussy cat doll into it, as I said. <laughs> and I really looked at Robin Anton's role in the pussy cat dolls because she was their mastermind, their dead mother. I talked about her relationship to the group and after their disbandment. I talked about the other five members of the group and allowing them space to shine and to know who they are and the contributions that they've made. And I didn't focus too much on Nicole, sh- like on purpose, because I wanted to talk about her separately, it only makes sense to discuss her separately, she has really had her own more mainstream, I would say career in the spotlight people, she has the name recognition. And she has her She has a whole other story that n- people need to know about, right. So To get some really good context for this, I would recommend to stop listening if you haven't heard last week's episode and go back and listen to it. And then start back here at four minutes and whatever. Okay. Perfect. At exactly this moment. At this moment. So let's start here, Troy. When I say Nicole Scherzinger... What is your, what are some things that come to mind for you? We won't talk about your, you know, where you stand on her, villain or visionary, but, you know, what are the first things that you think about?
1: Well, of course, I think about the Pussycat Dolls. I think about her incredible voice. I think about um, Eden's crush. I think about Pop Stars, the TV show. Mm -hmm. I think about uh, her at some point almost being in the Black Eyed Peas. And I always think about just, like, the strange world, like, you know, what that would look like. And it almost makes, like, too much sense. So then it sends me into, like, kind of a spiral. Because I think it was a sliding doors moment for her. Um, And I just think about how gorgeous and, like, talented she is and how many stop and goes her career has had. And just, like, how unique her career is. I think that she is probably... Like other pop stars, you could make comparisons, but her career, I don't think there's any other pop star that I can think of who has had such a unique experience, especially because the the band that she was in was like not a real band, but ended up being really successful. And I don't think anybody predicted that they would be as successful as they were. Cause they were like not a real music group. So I don't know. It's just very odd.
0: It's an odd career. Yeah. Well, I mean her first group wasn't really a music group either. They were manufactured. I mean, they were, but they were manufactured yeah. as well. And so it's really interesting that she's been in two of those. It, they, right. they were, they manifested differently, of course. Um yeah. But you know, pop stars, I think really set a precedent for, the other talent shows and and group creation shows that we would have, like making the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into all of that, that's a good sort of overview about the the big things that come to mind with her. I want to talk about some of the the internet and viral moments that she's had over the past couple of years because I find them to be really fascinating. And then and then we'll pedal back and, and kind of go through her career. The first one is you mentioned her incredible talent in her voice, right? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like it like only 2 years ago people discovered that Nicole Scherzinger could sing because yeah. it's so strange I I would see every every once in a while something would go viral about her doing, you know, singing from Phantom of the Opera or doing something Broadway related and it was like people just discovered that Nicole Scherzinger had a good voice which is ironic because the whole complaint about the Pussycat Dolls is that we only heard Nicole Scherzinger's voice. Mm-hmm. It is
1: very odd. It's almost like people need a moment like that sometimes to like be able to put respect on somebody's name. It's like when people were like, oh, Lady Gaga can sing because she did that Oscars thing. Only because she sang the sound of music, even though she's like never lip-synced a performance and has been singing this whole time. People are like, oh, she's a beautiful voice, turns out. You're like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like middle American people need those, like, really bonk over the head
0: moments to get it you know yeah and you know when i think about someone like gaga too she had to have a joanne era for people to realize that she could sing because people although you know poptimism if you will has become a thing people still don't take pop music seriously and they they, for some reason you could hear someone just like sing their ass off in a pop song, but until it's like a piano ballad or a tribute to a, a dead person, sorry, yeah. I know that's dark, but it's just the truth. People yeah. are like, oh, I guess they can sing. It's 100% true.
1: It needs to be like a medley at an award show. It's people, It's so w- stupid
0: and weird. Yeah. The other moment that I want to talk about too is because this one just got kind of dredged up again. Um, was her talking about Moana mm-hmm. and being Hawaiian?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And well, one, she was born in Hawaii. She, I mean, she's she's mixed race. Like she has, she's she has various um you know, uh different her her parents each have different you know heritage lineage and everything. But you know, she's she identifies as Hawaiian. Yeah, and she was talking in the clip about being Hawaiian and like the being able to you know, be a part of Moana and how important that was to her. And people were like, that's not how she talks, blah, 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 blah. And as if no one's ever heard of code switching too, which I know that these are these are buzzwords in more progressive circles at times. But even people who probably know the concept were just like trying to jump on the fact that she was being fake or something like that. So it, the code switching of it all, what did, what did that make you think? Of? I'm sure you've seen the video that's been popping around.
1: Well, I mean, if you know anything about Nicole, you know she knows how to turn it on and off. Yeah. As, as nobody heard her say, like, loosen up my buttons when she's performing. She knows how to turn the shit on and off. Like, she will randomly put on a big, giant-ass pair of hoop earrings, and suddenly she's <sighs> the girl from around the way. She's very much always been that girl. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's like people don't – they, like, know her, but they don't.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> – You know, and I think like one of my, one of the things that's really hard, I am a masked singer stan. Troy knows this and he thinks it's funny mm-hmm. um, but I love watching mask singer it is just like my little my little silly goofy bright light in a dark dark world mm-hmm. and Nicole will be like she'll go from that was the most beautiful performance I've ever seen to yes honey yes mama slay the house down boots I'm like <laughs> okay we get it you've met a gay person before. <laughs>
1: who like stole it from person. a trans
0: person you know what i mean it's like we get it this is the third generation of this slang it's moved on to you the gay guy does your hair and we get it and you've hung out with todrick hall right we get it but yeah but I you know i think the the hawaiian thing was very different because i thought that was a little bit more authentic um yeah Because she did grow up, you know, and she spent a portion of her childhood in Hawaii, and then she moved to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, she really got her start because she went to a university, a state school in Kentucky, wound up dropping out because she got an opportunity to tour with a band, um, and then Pop Stars happened. Right. And then Pop Stars was huge. It was a UK show, and then they did it in the United States. And they created Eden's Crush. Now I know that you were in Pop Stars, so <laughs> yeah. talk to me about your Pop Stars experience, and just if you want to, like, walk us through like what happened. One of the fascinating, one of the most fascinating things about this, besides that it was kind of groundbreaking and set the set the stage for American Idol and you know everything else in the future, was that Jerry Hallwell was. Uh, a judge which i you know the spice girls connection girl Mm -hmm. group to girl group you know i love when that happens but anyway talk with me about about pop stars
1: i just remember that show like coming out in a really formative time in my life like i was just really engaged in stuff like that like not in like a way where you watch stuff and you're like kind of cynical about it it's like when you're young enough to really be in it and like to vote and to like want to go buy the album because you're nervous that it won't do well because like you're in it emotionally you know yeah um that show i remember just it being the first of its kind where we got to like watch a manufactured pop group in its like creation and like everything as far as like the wardrobe and the styling and who sings what and whatever and like really feeling like you're a part of it And that was like 10 Well Yeah that was like 10 years before Even like celeb reality Where like you would watch people Like Ashley Simpson make an album And even then that was still really effective So for pop stars to be honest I mean it was like mind blowing Like you said it was pre-American Idol And all of that stuff It was absolutely mind blowing To think that we were like being privy to this stuff And then Um it's also so weird to look back on because Nicole was had a tumultuous relationship with her band members because she was being pushed to the front and yeah. you know just decided at a certain point that she was the lead and it's just funny that that then became
0: like the story of her life. Yeah. Do you think so here's where we kind of start to delve into the Nicole Scherzinger psyche. Do you mm. think that that happened to her because people saw her talent and knew she could be a front runner? Or do you think that she made that happen for herself?
1: I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both. I think that Nicole naturally has that, like, I'm going to be the leader, whether I'm the leader or not, I'm going to be the leader. Like she just has that personality. But I also think that she's so magnetic and so talented and so beautiful that in a room full of like, sort of insecure girls looking for somebody to like tell them what to do next, Nicole is the one that you feel comfortable like putting in the front of a group. She just is. Yeah. And for that to have been so obvious even then when she had never done anything
0: is like pretty telling to me. And you and I talk about this a lot that you can grow your talent and you can practice and you can get better at your craft. But star power... Is something that you can't manufacture. Yeah. You either have that glint in your eye or you don't. It's truly
1: either you're born with it or you're not. And in those groups, it's like some people are able to slip through the cracks that don't have it because they do fill a necessary space. But they're not the leader of the group, you know.
0: Um, And Nicole's just a natural born leader. Yeah. Yeah. She is, whether she has to fight for that or not. Yeah. Or it's given to her. <laughs> so they developed this group called Eden's Crush. And we got one song, basically, <laughs> and one album. Oh. We got a full album. But we got, like, one song. And it was a top 10 song in the U.S. And uh, Get Over Yourself, it's a bop. It really is. Get over yourself, good. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that as a kid i like kind of caught some of pop stars um but i didn't really watch it in its entirety but i knew the song i knew the music because it was just right in line with what i wanted right Um, they went on tour with nsync and jessica simpson um and then they everything kind of folded for them because the label went bankrupt yeah and the label just kind of was like uh, you guys are done now.
1: <laughs> like, they were literally famous for a year. They put all this energy and time and money and effort into the whole thing. They were being starved, they were, you know, living in this like basically like a model house together, like a next top model home. Yeah, and all of it was for nothing because then, literally, a few months later, they were like, We don't exist anymore as a record. Like, well, <laughs> you guys figure it out. Bye, girls. Bye, girls. We love you, girls.
0: And it was one of those times, too, in TV where, like, the camera lens had Vaseline on it. And it's just, like, terrible quality. And the it was weird because I feel like this show, because it was so new, it really showed you the underbelly, like, right away. Yes. It kind of said the quiet part out loud throughout the whole series, kind of like America's Next Top Model, but we weren't paying attention to either of them. And then we've retroactively gone back, especially for America's Next Top Model, and yeah. taken a look at all of the very dark and inappropriate things that happened to these women. It's and, you know, I don't think that uh, Pop Stars has gotten viewed through the same critical lens, but it should. It's absolutely
1: wild. And it's also so funny because it's so, like, like you said, it's the first of its kind. So it's, like, very on the nose, very cheesy. It's really, it's about as, the editing is as cheesy as, like, the PlayStation 1 American Idol video game. Like, that's what the dialogue sounds like. It's really, there's this guy, like, doing a voiceover. He, like, narrates everything. And he's like, can Bridget?" do her funky moves to show the judges she's got what it takes to be in the forefront of a leading pop dazzling group like it's very dramatic and cheesy and it almost feels like a parody of
0: a show like an SNL parody yeah uh how did Jerry Hollowell come off to you in this show
1: as Jerry Hollowell, just like a know-it-all talking too much you know what I mean loving the sound of her own voice which we love yeah that's what we love to see
0: Have you... Oh my gosh, now I I should have pulled this up. But Have you seen more recently that British singing show that she was a judge on? And it's like, you have a hundred singers and creatives and everything who are sitting and then someone has to sing in front of them. And if they stand up, they have to get so many people to stand up for them to move on to the next round or whatever. I've never seen it though. Oh my God, you have to watch clips of it. I have to pull up the name right now. But she is... She's like the most celebrity of the judges. They have a lot of people who like work in the industry, but they don't have the same name recognition as Barry, of course. But uh, she, she is like the, the top girl. And this is after she gets married to that very posh man. And so she's like acting a certain way. You know what I mean? And what'd you say? Is she wearing white every day? Basically. She's she's doing that thing where she has her hair curled a certain way and she, like, wears a lot of pearls. Oh, I hate posh Jerry. I know.
1: Oh, why did she take that weird pivot? It's so annoying. I don't know. It's so weird to me. She's so, like, uptight and weird now. She doesn't curse And she like only dresses really ladylike and she went through a period for like
0: a year where she would only wear like white. Yeah. This was this was all together now is what it's called. And it was 2018 to 2019. Oh
1: God, that's gut-wrenching. I would give anything to see her in a pair of just whore shorts, high horse
0: shorts. I know. Big ass chunky platforms with box red hair her booby almost falling out or actually oh. falling out when she had to like adjust it on stage. God. <laughs> yes. Uh, I miss those days. Me too. Well, anyway, <laughs> back to, back to Nicole. Okay. <laughs> so after, so th- they're on tour, Eden's crush, you know, and she gets approached by will. I am to be part of the black eyed peas because they're looking to have a female singer to become part of the group and really like elevate them, which is pretty genius because people don't know early black eyed peas. They were a group already, but until yeah. Fergie came in, like people don't know their music, like the, yeah. the general person. Right. So it was almost Nicole. And I've always talked about this. Nicole and Fergie have some strange parallels. I know that like, it's pretty hard to compare Nicole's career to many people, but Fergie has also had a sort of weird career trajectory where she was a part of a less famous girl group she was in wild orchid and they hosted um great pretenders on fox family and then abc family and it was a bunch of kids lip syncing Um, And I made a joke on TikTok one time That Fergie's uh, part of the gay agenda Because she is turning kids into drag queens Because of great (laughs) pretenders Whenever they would They would like essentially dress up in drag And then lip sync to pop songs And I was like Is this seeming familiar to anyone? Uh, She's like Now sissy that long (laughs) (laughs) She's like It's serving cunt mama To like a 12 year old (laughs) Come on kitty girl She's like Call me mother <laughs> <laughs>
1: She randomly Once per season does a really bad Lip sync herself
0: Well <laughs> And also her performances You know when she's on the morning show And she's doing the barracuda <laughs> <laughs> Fergie is a lot of her mind. Fergie, Fergie is like <laughs> Fergie is like an alternate dimension Nicole, right? Yeah. It's not that Fergie's not talented, but she just makes choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole also has made choices and both of them have made choices that have been good and very bad, but they're both part of groups that were not as successful. And then they have an opportunity to kind of be in an unconventional group situation. Fergie's joining an already established group. Nicole is joining this manufactured thing, but is already established in a different way. And then they both see massive success. Fergie was able to translate that into a solo career. Nicole was not, you know?
1: Mhm.
0: But um they the the weird parallels to me exist and maybe it's just in my mind but I feel like they're they're kind of here with each other at times. They're like
1: aligned in a way that is so unique. Even just in their styling and the way that they were presented to the world um they're sort of like racial ambiguity where you can like put them anywhere like, I remember for years, people thought Fergie was Black. People just thought Fergie was Black. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. And even, like, the way that, like, Fergie existed in that group and, like, the everything. Like, Nicole would have so easily slid into that place and... I mean, I know that it's like, it's weird to imagine all of those like songs not existing and obviously it worked out the way that it was supposed to, but I almost think she would have had, I think that she would have had more success long-term had she
0: been with the Black Eyed Peas. Interesting. I do, because I I, think, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think Nicole could have done what Fergie did in the Black Eyed Peas, but I don't think Nicole could have given us london bridge i'm just
1: see okay i believe that the reason fergie was really able to like even do the solo thing is because she had will i am to be to produce such a familiar like who was gonna produce a better record for fergie than will i am like that was very lucky for her to have that and ironically will i am was who tried to do nicole's solo and it's not like the music is so terrible, but it's just like that streamline that Fergie had from the Black Eyed Peas to then do solo music as a solo artist with Will I Am featuring, and it
0: sounds like the Black Eyed Peas, but it's not. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, and also too, I think Nicole. Shot herself in the foot by trying To go solo in the way that she did After one album Fergie took Some time with the Black Eyed Peas And you know at least had like two Good album cycles before she did Her own thing and then she went back to them So Nicole declines The Black Eyed Peas offer and it's because of Her boyfriend who is the lead singer Of 311 which Weird Weird can you yeah. can you talk with me because I know you you know this pretty intimately about some of Nicole's more um relevant relationships that she's had with and, people this is and this is like through pussycat dolls and after who are some of the high profile relationships that she's been a part of, and how did they impact her career?
1: Well, that one is really specific because he she later in, like came forward and said that he was super controlling and abusive and yeah. Um she had a lot of like stalls In her career at that time because he was not Letting her do Work I mean he was Like You know she found out later that he was like Declining offers for her And you know he Was like acting as her business manager And you know Telling her what would be good and not good for her So who's to even say What her career would have looked like if she Wasn't dating him Um and he was also, like, weird, like, nervous about her becoming more famous than him. So he would, like, do things to sabotage that. Um, yeah. I think that's the one that sticks out to me, like, the absolute most. The other ones, I think, are all mostly alleged. <laughs> With things like, you know, Simon Cowell and things like that.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> can, can you talk about some of the rumors? But I mean, there's the documented mm-hmm. ones. But can you yeah. talk about some of the rumored relationships that she's been a part of?
1: So Simon Cowell is a big is a major rumored relationship for Nicole. And if you know anything about Simon, uh if you've ever read any blind items about Simon Cowell or any I guess headlines in general, um you know that the rumor is that Simon uh uses his power and his leverage in his show as a way to like get women to sleep with him. So if you want to be a judge on one of his shows, you have to basically have like a sexual relationship with him and he's like almost kind of open about it because he's a pig um so it's been rumored that she's had like a very long-term sexual relationship with simon which is poor thing
0: yeah and simon's this is kind of the open secret too but simon cowell's home is essentially like a brothel yeah there's just always women there Yes. just kind of like semi living there. It's like a it's like Playboy mansion in a way. Yeah,
1: I was going to say he almost does have like a Playboy mansion thing going on and he dates many women at once. Um he has like a harem of women and he yeah. knocks them off the 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 roster and brings new ones in and yeah, there's all kinds of rumors about famous women that have had to sleep with him to get a
0: job. Yeah. Ew.
1: Which is, you know i guess you can trace through the women that have been on his shows so we we'll don't have to get into that yeah for sure
0: <laughs> i mean i can't imagine some of them because th- that they wouldn't make sense necessarily um but I, yeah i can absolutely see what you're talking about yeah like i don't think demi lovato was necessarily on that she was like a child whenever she was on right. x factor basically um I don't think there's any of those types of rumors with him and, and like, very young women. Uh, I could be mistaken. I just know about, like, like he likes those high-profile pop stars. Mm-hmm. Models, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, Nicole declines Black Eyed Peas, but it turns out to be great for her because she gets connected with Robin Anton, and then she becomes, like, the as Snoop Dogg would say, lead Pussycat Mm -hmm. and Pussycat Dolls. Obviously, we know what happens here. I talked about this a lot in my last episode with their first album and, and like the sort of meteoric rise to success, as I love to say. I love throwing that phrase in there as much as I can. And then we have the revelations. This is past Pussycat Dolls, but to talk, you know, more in line chronologically with what happens after their first album Then we have Nicole Scherzinger's Behind the Music special where she reveals what was going on here. So in that special, we're just going to do a trigger warning for um, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, et cetera, because she gets into all of that. So um, she talks about the immense pressure to be gorgeous and beautiful and skinny and have the perfect body and her struggles with bulimia in the group. Um, The other women have opened up to about just the like, you have to be so fit and you have to look this certain way. And people would be constantly commenting on their appearance, etc. And then we have this sort of complex that Nicole has with blonde beautiful like pop women right mm-hmm. so i know you've discussed this so so what are some what are some things that i've kind of indicated that nicole has a little bit of a complex with blonde pop stars too um well she talks in that which by the way
1: that behind the music is like one of the greats it's yeah. one of the better episodes it's like really 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 profoundly uh just like dark and informative it really goes there very um, TLC. Yes, very very TLC. It's like one of the ones like I remember sound bites in my head from it always. Yes,
0: same.
1: Um but she she talks in that about, you know, growing up as a brown girl and having been in the entertainment world and like auditioning for plays and Bands and, and doing pageants And like you know she was always like doing things She's like one of those girls that was always Like in a parade for whatever reason Waving you know Um, And always being Compared to like pretty Athletic blonde women And her being like the other The other category you know She's not blonde she's not white She's yeah. gorgeous but like looks totally Different and I think she had a really in- Intense Like, deeply personal complex about it. I think that it really, really affected her constantly auditioning next to girls that looked like Britney and Christina and Jessica. And having that be the beauty standard during the time that she was becoming famous. And even when she did Eden's Crush, it was like they were marketed as this, like, not-white band band. It was like they're the other girls Isn't that fun? Other girls We have a multi-ethnic
0: one Yeah Yeah.
1: Um, So I, I think That it really really intensely affected her And she then is placed In a group That really pushes that beauty standard Of blonde And skinny and Paris Hilton You know singing Santa Baby or whatever And you know like And she's surrounded by it now and the ironically, the women in the group that she had the biggest problems with were the blonde you know women doing mid air splits. She didn't seem to care for them very much,
0: yeah, and she i mean specifically, I feel like Ashley Roberts mm-hmm. um and did she actually say anything about that, or was it just kind of obvious? She
1: didn't Ashley did. <laughs> Everybody else has Nicole has never admitted it But everybody else has said that Ashley was like the one That she really didn't seem to get along with And if you go back There's one very uh, For me it's infamous interview That I used to post all the time (laughs) (laughs) At Dolls Era Where Nicole is listening to her talk In an interview And she physically cannot restrain herself Yeah I know what you're talking about the disgust that is spewing out of her. She is revolted by this young woman. And she can't hide it. Rolling her eyes, smacking her lips, like like
0: sucking her teeth. It's just she's giving sassafras. Yeah. This young Phoenix native, Ashley Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> so there there's clearly some sort of friction, but it's funny because now so I follow Ashley on social media. Mm -hmm. um because she was one of the other ones that i just really liked i think she's fun you know yeah and she and nicole comment on each other's stuff interesting but i don't know if i see nicole like any of the other women's things you know so it's fascinating
1: and she was one of the ones that came back right when they did the she did the reunion
0: yeah the only one that didn't come back for the the last reunion was melody um, and then yeah, Carmete had left. She was the first one to leave. So Carmeet and Melody have been the only ones who haven't been like part of the every reunion and every iteration, you know. Okay. Um, so it was it was interesting to see who may still have a relationship or not. But
1: that is interesting.
0: I digress. To to pivot back to the behind the music, this is also when Nicole drops the bombshell about the fact that the Pussycat Dolls second album was all of her material or most of her material. She had written a lot of songs for her solo album. She was starting to do her own thing. And then they were like, "Uh, you got to come back to the Pussycat Dolls. It's not really working for you. This is, this is you're, you're kind of obligated to them. Now they didn't really get into what, like, contracts or obligations or why she had to come back and do this, this and that, that, that is kind of, I feel like still a little bit of a mystery. Um, Mm -hmm. And the only people who we would ever be able to get information about that from would be Nicole and like Ron fair. Right. But she did. And so she hands over some of her songs she'd already recorded. When I grow up, it was for her album. And then, you know, They were like, well, it's for the Pussycat Dolls. And there's that iconic video of her going. Yeah, I played the album for the Pussycat Dolls. And she's like looking into the camera. She's like, they hadn't heard it. (laughs) I mean, it's mind-blowing. Oh, man. And, you know, I have to imagine, one, how she's feeling right? Because she has ownership over these things that she's already recorded. Mind you, she didn't write on all of these songs. When I grew up, she did not write on. That was a dark child thing mm-hmm. that was given to her. So it's not that it's not her song because she didn't write it or anything like that at all. Um, But some of these things she did write for sure. Others she didn't, but she'd already, I can't imagine because I'm not a recording artist, right? But if I were to have something that i recorded and then it just be given to someone else i would feel really terrible horrible it's it's literally gut-wrenching like what is the point like it's not mine my voice is on here it's like it's like how people will take sound bites because the person didn't copyright it or whatever and then they take it and make it their own and it's not their voice right but the person whose voice it is doesn't own it anymore
1: Well, it's fucked up, too, because it's, like, it's her being told for years, like, you're not good enough as a solo artist, but your solo work, where you're the only one singing, is good enough as long as you have these four girls behind you, again, doing mid-air splits. Which is wild. It's insane. Because, like...
0: The conundrum is, I'm sorry, the the conundrum here is that the whole complaint was that the group was too much Nicole, but when Nicole tries to just go Nicole, she wasn't good enough without the group.
1: Right, and like she'll make the point like, well, they didn't do anything and they didn't sing and they, they didn't have any creative input and they were, you know, they're not even on the songs or whatever. But then when you hear from them, they're like, we wish we wish, hello, like, we wish we could be on the songs. I remember one of them saying that for them, it was like a major, major, huge, big deal that they got to get their initials on their their little motorcycles that they're riding on the album cover because for a long time, Robin didn't even want people to really know their names. So, I mean, like, it's crazy. And it's just like, that is the true like the the truth lies somewhere in between that where nicole acts like they're all just these lazy whores, <laughs> and then they act like she's you know the evil stepsister it's yeah. like interesting
0: something that i talked about on my last episode too was that doll domination pussycat doll's second album didn't do as well as the first And so they did a lot of like reissues and repackaging of the albums and they gave each of the other four women because Carb Meat had left at this point. So they gave each of the other four women their own solo song on the album and it was like introducing Ashley Roberts in the title of the Mm -hmm, song. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I'm like, babe, mm -hmm. it's the second album. Why are you introducing them? Isn't that crazy? It's so messy. And like, once again, that's another just sort of dig. It, did, it wouldn't make me feel good to have that i'm being introduced even though i've been in this group for two, two album cycles and i've toured multiple times with her with them to me it's just
1: bad business it's really it's like having successful singles is not everything obviously there's no like sure that's great and like they broke all these records, but like what does that really mean at the end of the day not much, you know what I mean? They made no money. Nobody is going to like it, it like, stick with you was not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's on my, it's in my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, these record labels need to control their artists down to like the marrow of their bone is so unnecessary and consistently shoots them in their own foot. And they like never learn from it. Like, what harm is there in allowing the public to know the personalities of the other girls in this group that they are already supporting?
0: I know it's so dumb. So she tries to release a few songs solo. Like I mentioned, they don't go anywhere. The rest of her music that she would recorded is given to the Pussycat Dolls for doll domination We know that they disbanded after that. And Nicole starts to do her own solo thing here again. So she's going to release this album called Killer Love. She puts out a few singles and she releases one, doesn't go anywhere. She releases Don't Hold Your Breath. It peaks at 86 on the Hot 100, which is so sad. And then she releases right there with 50 Cent and it peaks at number 39. and I know to see those numbers is just like insulting because like someone else who might be starting out you know that would be such a great honor to even chart at all Mm -hmm. and then we have Nicole who has this like huge jumping board from the Pussycat Dolls and then it's Mm -hmm. just a flop and then her then her career starts to take a really interesting turn. You know, she releases another album. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do much. And then we like move into a different space, and she kind of you know pivots, right? Mm-hmm. So what's what's happening post like solo endeavors for her? Like maybe in her personal life, like the blind item world. What, what's going on? How does she transition into this, like, sort of judging everything? I always say that, like, no one works harder than Nicole's management team because she gets to judge and host everything. And, like, sometimes in, like, multiple countries at once somehow. So, like, yeah. what, <laughs> what's what's happening here personally for her or even professionally, like, behind, behind the scenes?
1: So, in the blind item world, uh, we... Like to use this term called yachting, yeah. And
0: um, this is dark. This is just a whole trigger warning. If you yeah. like sexual abuse and exploitation, yes. yachting. Okay, go ahead, Troy. So yachting is a
1: term that is used in blind items to sort of define sex work in a way, um, doing sexual things for money, escorting. It's like a new version. It's a new way of saying escorting. And Nicole is very infamous for being like one of the more famous yachters, very sought after, very desired, um, you know, and listen, a girl's got to eat. You know what I mean? Like it, Nicole is not making a bunch of money from Pussycat Doll records being spun. She's has not established, you know, a bunch of other side careers as like a designer or a perfume person. She's never been that girl. You know what I mean? She never had a perfume or anything like that. And a girl's gotta eat. So Nicole for many years was known as like the the yachter. And a lot of her a lot of her some of her former bandmates have said that the reason that she was able to like, you know, hold such a title in their group, if you will, is was tied to her yachting and, you know, her relationship with Robin and Robin sort of being the den mother And the you know The the madam from hell um, So during like post Pussycat Dolls and like when her Solo album didn't do well that was when Nicole was really in her like yachting bag Allegedly Yeah, She was really doing a lot of like You know dates with Saudi princes and oil Heirs and people In Dubai and things like that Um Yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah and obviously I mean I'm sure you know you'll talk about it but like former members of the band have come forward and said some pretty horrendous things about what they were privy to and what they experienced and um they she blamed Nicole really for a lot of lives being ruined and uh like participating
0: so like intensely in that world yeah so to connect the dots there um Kaya Jones was a former member of the group and she left like right before their first album was released and they like fully transitioned into a music group. And so she talked a lot about how um, Robin Anton was essentially like, pimping them out mm-hmm. and making them like spend one-on-one time with all these record executives. And she's been the most vocal person to speak out about it. I think the other mm-hmm. members have alluded to things, but Kaya is kind of like just laid it all out there and, and, yeah. you know, called Robin what she is. And Kaya has placed blame on Nicole. Um, and it's hard to know like who experienced what and the truthfulness behind some of these claims, because you know, we have Melody, for example. Melody's a person who's always kind of told it like it is. Um, mm-hmm. And she hasn't really spoken out about any of these things. And she's even softened her tone about Nicole in public interviews um, over the years. I talked about that in the last episode as well. Just the way she speaks about her. She speaks about her like she has respect for her. It's very clear that they're not like friends or anything. Um, and she's not trying to pretend that they are. But she speaks about her in high regard. So... For you, Troy, I know on your show, Beyond the Blinds, you're really just kind of like presenting the information. You provide some sort of commentary about what you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you don't often give your opinion about like what you believe to be true or not too much uh, on that show. So Mm -hmm. because we're kind of in a different context, you know, knowing... All of the things that you've read about celebrity, you, you have read everything about every celebrity that you can imagine, right? Um, yeah. You have to have some sort of level of discernment about what's true and what's not. What do you think about this whole, what do you think about Nicole's role just personally, right? So this is this is just alleged, this is opinion. What do you think about Nicole's role in the group if she was privy to some of these things happening or if she was sort of not even a bystander, but kind of protected from all of that because of her role. Was she a Mm -hmm. part of it even? Was she just complicit? What do do you think?
1: Well, I think, and I'm truly not even saying this to be funny. I'm being dead serious. I think that it was like classic. I think that Robin Anton used classic like sort of pimp techniques with these women because they were being pimped. And I believe that Nicole was almost in a sense like her bottom bitch. She's, like, her main girl and put on this pedestal of, like, no, you're not like those other girls. Like, they're trash. They, you know, I- I'll I'll let them just go take limo rides with men and not even give a shit what happens to them. But you are special. You're the girl that I send to, you know, to Dubai and, like, to hook up with, like, billionaires. Like, y- you're a different caliber. And, like, I think that she lived that experience thinking that she was better and I think that it's pretty obvious that she felt that way and that she was sort of brainwashed into thinking that she's not really a part of this group like she's more so a a part of the production the behind the scenes she's a creative she's a leader in this group and they're all just like minions and they don't mean anything so I believe that that worked I think that it's like old school brain you know sex trafficking brainwashing i really do and i think that robin is a monster um i believe everything that kaya has said especially because i've read other reports from other bands that have had similar issues and it's very similar what she describes and what she describes isn't even so out of this world i mean it's her just saying like we were being placed in situations that felt unsafe and, and had nobody protecting us. And we had no money because we weren't being paid, you know? So what she said isn't even so crazy that you wouldn't believe it. It's like pretty standard for the music industry. Um, I believe her. And she's like a crazy ass Trump supporting, rootin' tootin', gun toting, wild, like Annie Oakley got her gun. Like, it's not like I align with her, but I do believe what she says about yeah. that
0: band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kaya, to be clear, is is that she's a yeah. she's a right winger.
1: Yes, um, Kaya she just recently did, did another interview, a, a, a podcast a couple weeks ago, exposing um, what happened there. Like she's in everything; she plants her feet, and it's all the
0: same consecutive story. Yeah. So Nicole is like mid 20s when all of this is happening right so like old enough to know but still like very green in her career you know i with everything that i've learned about robin that i didn't already know and researching for all of this there has to be an element of truth i don't know if we'll ever know the degree to what is true or not but there has to be an element of truth because this, this really stood out to me. One of the interviews I read that I discussed in the last episode was a dancer who had worked with the Pussycat Dolls previously went, did an interview with Ellie Weekly, but she didn't want to use her real name because she said Robin is very powerful. And like, I mean, if that doesn't speak volume, she didn't say anything incriminating about Robin at all in that Mm -hmm. interview, but to make that sort of statement, and if you know you're not going to say anything incriminating, but you still want to be anonymous, I mean, that is a huge red flag and that sends shivers up my spine.
1: And I 1000% agree with you. And I feel like you have to ask yourself, why would a label or a of the manager of this group decide to keep these girls poor what would be the reason for that when she has enough money to like feed the world robin is very wealthy what would be the point of of making it so that these girls can barely afford to eat keep them
0: yeah keep them dependent on you
1: absolutely so that they can't just run off and decide not to work you know or whatever. Um it's it's really sad. I would really highly suggest anybody listening who hasn't heard it, like go listen to Kaya's interviews on YouTube. They are very intense. Wild. Yeah.
0: And difficult. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna put my um tinfoil hat on here for a second and then we're gonna get and, back to Nicole specifically.
1: Oh I love tinfoil hats, still for it.
0: So as I've learned more about Robin Anton and thinking about what I know about Lou Taylor. I wonder about their connection to each other. So, mm-hmm. let me just point this out and then you let me know if I'm on the right track here, okay? Because we have not okay. discussed this prior. Right. <clears throat> so, Lou Taylor, mastermind of Britney Spears's conservatorship, mm-hmm. tried to get other people in conservatorships as well, including most famously Lindsay Lohan, okay? Um She is super connected to lots of people in Hollywood. She's also very, very powerful, but she's one of those people whose name you wouldn't have known until the Britney conservatorship because she's a behind the scenes puppet string person. Mm -hmm. Right. So Lou Taylor is intimately connected to the Kardashians. She is a part of like all of their business ventures basically. Um, And so her money is tied to the Kardashians money one. Robin Anton is also great friends with the Kardashians. So we have a connection there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I talked about this in my last episode, but the Pussycat Dolls um, had a little bit of crossover with Britney Spears because she was supposed to appear in their um, When I Grow Up music video and then they cut her scene. Okay. So this is right as Britney is getting into the conservatorship, by the way, that lines up. Mm -hmm. And then Britney Spears, scene was cut. That could have just been for normal reasons, but either way, she was supposed to be in that music video. Okay. So then Robin, after the Piscat Dolls, she tries to recreate things with Girlicious and GRL girl, whatever you want to call it. And um, Larry Rudolph, Britney Spears' manager, off and on manager, uh, managed that group too. So then GRL, they get a song that's a b-side to Britney Spears ooh la la on the Smurfs 2 soundtrack lol um but another Britney Spears connection here this is all while Britney's under the conservatorship and working with Larry Rudolph um he's the manager here so that means that Larry and the Kardashians are both tied to Robin professionally mm-hmm. who are both tied to Britney and her conservatorship right um and then if you know now Lou Taylor's bottom bitch, if you will, is Megan Trainer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Megan Trainer did a song like an album ago called Genetics featuring the Pussycat Dolls. So this is post Pussycat Dolls. This is like 2018, 19 something like that. Um, and so the Pussycat Dolls are not together. They haven't like announced their like main reunion or anything like that at all. Um, and she gets uh the Pussycat dolls tied to Robin Anton get a feature on Lou Taylor's bottom bitch, Megan the trainer. Mm-hmm. Right? So there are so many parallels between Robin Anton, Lou Taylor. What are the connections that you know of? Am I off am I off track here? Am I off the rails? Is my tinfoil no. hat
1: like wrong? It's firmly secured, and you're correct. And also, by the way, let's not forget. That the Pussycat Dolls opened for Britney, of course,
0: circus tour, uh, and like of all the tours, which is the tour right after her conservatorship begins, where her children were dangled in front of her, and her father yeah. told her, "If you do this one last tour, then you're going to get your kids back, and everything's going to go back to normal." Yeah, which it did not.
1: Of all the tours to be for them to be a part of, they're a part of the conservatorship tour. Um. Yeah, I mean, that is such a great example of why a lot of people don't speak up. You know, you always hear people talking about why these celebrities don't say anything. And it's like, that's the reason. They can't. You know what I mean? Like, what could Megan Trainor say in support of Britney Spears? Nothing. She can't. You know? <clears throat> Even the Pussycat Dolls. Like, Nicole, Nicole has worked with Britney many times, and... She couldn't say anything either. What could she possibly say? But no, you're not far off at all. Yeah.
0: I think Nicole holds a weird sort of animosity towards Britney Spears anyway, because she fits that archetype. Um, and also she's done multiple impressions, making fun of her on late night shows. And she's made one-off side comments about Britney, um, which, you know, we're very protective of Britney Spears. Right. <laughs> um and you know they may not they may not have been malicious comments right but still the 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 ties to the people that she's tied to make it incredibly questionable to know her motive Megan Trainer yeah. allegedly is not allowed to speak about Britney Spears in any capacity and has to dodge questions about her um or even like lean negative toward her in interviews this has been i mean this has been speculated in documented and people have provided like all sorts of different proof in the way that she talks about her and, and Lou Taylor's demands and everything, you know, it's yeah. kind of all over the internet if you want to find it, but it's all really fishy, right?
1: It's extremely fishy. And it's almost so glaring that it's like, it, like it makes you feel crazy. Cause it's so obvious that you wonder, well, maybe am I, am I like losing it? But it's like, it's there, you know what I mean? It's very clearly there. And, I just think that Nicole is one of those celebrities who like her fame is so attached to like the underbelly of Hollywood and like the gross and dark sidedness of Hollywood that like she walks a really slippery slope. And you know, that was uh, one of the things that Kaya said was like, this is a woman who has literally ruined people's lives. Like she said, like I've watched this woman destroy people's marriages and like ruin people's lives with like not a single a single moment of looking back and caring at all yeah and also to add to your point earlier i do agree that you know nicole Brittany does fit into that archetype that nicole has always had a problem with and i think that for a lot of women who are trying to become famous in the pop space for a certain time for about you know 20 years um their career had to go through this britney spears filter that was very frustrating for a lot of people it was like even if you didn't want to do anything remotely similar to britney spears you still had to have some sort of tinge of britney something some version of britney or like i'm the not britney it's like you're britney but hawaiian you're britney but black you're britney but you rap sometimes you know what i mean like so that's got to be frustrating. Yeah.
0: There was also, um, uh, there there was some sort of documentation too about Lou Taylor having some sort of business tied into Nicole Scherzinger's, um, a home that she had purchased as well mm. um, that she had, she had like a dream home trust and I guess she, Um, this is alleged, I guess she signed over power of attorney to Lou Taylor for uh, regarding that home for some reason, but that's another thing that I had found. So there, there are weird connections there. I had to just bring that up because anyone tied to Lou Taylor, and this includes not only like I mentioned, the Kardashians and Nicole Scherzinger, but Lady Gaga and other high profile celebrities, um, that I love to bring into the conversation because people think celebrities are just are either good or bad and then you know they get a good or bad label and whatever but i digress let's take it back to a couple of other things that i think are important as we look at the whole nicole (laughs) picture here some of her personal beliefs so she has come out as pro-life which you know not going to shame anyone for that. I understand why there are personal convictions for people choosing that, even if I don't agree with them, whatever. Mm -hmm. I just doesn't feel like it fits in necessarily with the public persona that she has. Mm -hmm. Um, She also, and and this is why she has been a part of this group that Robin, you know, touted as like ultra feminist because they were taking control of their sexuality and their bodies and everything like that at all uh, and everything like that. But, Nicole does not identify She's gone on record to say she does not identify as a Feminist because Mm -hmm. she said She is quote for all people or something like That (laughs) Interesting (laughs) Which that's not even the point of Feminism but anyway You're missing you're missing you're missing the mark here Um, Right and But she's very pro-LGBTQ
1: Well She better be
0: right Like that's that's your fan base so you got to be
1: yeah. They're the only people who even still talk about you. And also, who who has been like bronzing you and helping you put on those oddly shaped bathing suits for the past twenty years? It's the gays. Full latex.
0: Yeah. They're like criscoing you into full latex <laughs> because no one of anybody's shape can just wear all latex. It just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work.
1: The gays have been oiling and greasing you up, girl, to help you put your latex on for years. You better say Yes. Sit
0: And it's just so funny, too, because we're in this place where, you know, your sort of political ideology is so tied to your identity, whereas it wasn't like that for a really long time, I think because Mm -hmm. the stakes are higher now um, and people who didn't always have a voice are speaking up. And so people are white knuckling and, you know, whatever. But I do I did think that was kind of important to throw into the conversation. Before we kind of move into our overarching thoughts about like, is Nicole the villain? Is she the visionary? Where where does she fall on the spectrum? I want to talk about the lawsuits. Mm, Okay. So I talked about this in the last episode, but I want to recap as well. Um, Nicole has famously just, even if she's gone in and out with her involvement with the Pussycat Dolls, she's always been aligned with Robin. She and Robin have always been like, bosom buddies they are masterminding the pussycat dolls and everything and staying staying at least somewhat aligned okay and then we have the infamous 2019 into 2020 pussycat dolls reunion era Mm -hmm. and everything got very messy so quick recap nicole negotiates a contract with robin to come back for the pussycat dolls four of the other members aside from melody all sign on as well we don't know necessarily what their contract looks like because this is all public record now because of lawsuits but um before in 2019 before the pandemic nicole signed on for 49 percent of profits um whenever they were going to do this reunion they were going to do a greatest hits tour and they were going to release some new music. I don't know if it was a full album, but I know that they had some new singles planned and probably some sort of like compilation to go with it. Right. Right. Simply as a vehicle to, uh, you know, kind of launch their, their greatest hits tour. Right. So they negotiate all of that. They do the, the X Factor performance that caused a lot of controversy in the UK and got lots and lots of complaints because they were, quote, too sexual. Like, hello, it's 2019. What, what are you doing? It's but anyway. Levels. Like, what do, you, what do you think? This is the Lawrence Welk show? Right. Did you think that they were going to read stories to children in <laughs> turtlenecks? that's like the the people are complaining like don't take kids to drag shows you mean at bars whenever you have to be 21 to enter and you were agreeing to an adult experience no (laughs) one's taking children to a nightclub to a 21 plus drag show no one is going to a pussycat doll show and expecting anything other than the brand that they have had since well the 90s but what we know of since like 2004 2005 okay right they're going to dance they're going to show their bodies like that's what we signed up for alas we're in this place anyway they release the single react they they do that performance they're signing up or they're they're gearing up for this reunion tour and then covid happens okay so covid happens it puts everything on hold obviously no one's negotiating contracts even like hollywood everybody just kind of took a break yeah so 2021 rolls around and they begin talks again about this reunion tour and how they wanted to make it happen. Restrictions are kind of lessening again, you know, and they're going to tour. Well, they faced multiple complications because, you know, we saw what happened in 2021 bands would, an artist would announce they were in a tour and then they would be like, "Never mind, It's still not safe, et cetera, back and forth, back and forth. Well, Everything kind of comes to a head in late 2021 when Robin sues Nicole because she alleges that Nicole wanted to renegotiate her contract and get an exorbitant amount more of money of the the revenue shares, et cetera, et cetera. She threw out numbers um, for how much more. I think Nicole wanted like 75% or something like that. So then in 2022, Nicole countersues and she claims that Robin was basically misusing her name to promote something that they never like fully agreed upon and that renegotiating after, you know, the world changed was a very reasonable thing to do. And Robin took out a loan from live nation, basically to front the costs of this entire tour with the idea that Nicole was going to be a part of things. And Nicole is essentially alleging that she should not, that was, um, deceptive of her to be able to take out that loan when Nicole didn't fully agree to whatever terms. And now Robin has to pay Live Nation like 600 K or something like that. And she's trying to get Nicole to pay for it and damages and everything. And Nicole is countersuing and saying you shouldn't have used my name, bitch type of thing. So. This is fascinating to me. One, because we know how connected and powerful Robin is. She's connected to the Lou Taylors and the Kardashians and everything like that. And for someone to, like, stand up to her, I think is really bold for Nicole to, like, counter-sue her. Nicole has her own career. She's able to stand on her own legs at this point. But, I mean, what do you think... What do you make of all of this? What do you think is going to happen? Well,
1: I think that Robin... Um publicly announced Nicole being in it as a way to strong arm her into doing it. Um which is wild. Like I think that she purposely did that so that Nicole would have a harder time saying no. Because there was some I remember reading about like the week that it was announced, maybe like a couple weeks prior, Nicole had very adamantly said like I'm not doing it. (laughs) <laughs> like she was pretty clear. Like I'm not a part of it. I wish them luck. You know, I always love the girls. Whatever. And then that's when Robin was like, "We're so excited to announce Nicole and the Pussycat Dolls." So I think that she did it as like a manipulation tactic, which just shows like who she is as a as a person. I think. Um, and I don't know. It's just hilarious to me that like finally after so many years of like you said backing robin blindly and always defending her and you know whenever these girls come out and say that they were being treated badly or not being paid or being stalked and having men show up to their house to threaten them and all these crazy things you know she was always i don't know what they're talking about they're all crazy just crazy little whores crazy non-singing whores I don't know. <laughs> and then a suit of something happens to her she's like i'm suing robin anton You know what I mean? I just think that that's hilarious. It's very like, I bet the other girls were having a kiki watching that play out publicly.
0: Right. So here we are in the year of our Lord, 2023. And I have to pose the question, is Nicole Scherzinger a villain or a visionary? (laughs) Do you want me to insert my opinion? Yes. Yes. Well, it's not going to be satisfying, but I I'm I'm viewing villain and visionary on a sort of linear spectrum. okay, and I think that Nicole is further on the villain side,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but not fully like rotted to the core. Okay, I think that she is obviously a mega talent. She's proven that Um, I think that she has that sort of mentality that she will do anything to get to the top. Even at the expense of other people, um, I don't see her take a lot of accountability. But I also see that she has been through some rough things herself um, that were out of her control. So it does make me feel for her to where I can't like fully like put her in the like terrible, awful, rotted villain slot. Okay. Like she's pretty close.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I think that's a good assessment. My thought, (laughs) because I talk about celebrities every week and decide whether or not I think they're good people, I think that you have to be um, a piece of shit to become famous, in a sense. I think that you have to be comfortable stepping on people and backstabbing people. And I think that Hollywood is run on blackmail and control um, look no further than the group that she was a part of and i also can't even imagine what she was indoctrined into with eden's crush like behind the scenes the stuff that we didn't get to see yeah um you know her intro into the music and then she was like this weird dark you know manufactured pop group where they were being starved on television so i think that you have to be comfortable with a certain level of like I don't know, poor behavior in order to really become a famous person. And if you're not, then things happen to you like Britney Spears. Yeah. Like if you are a good person and you, and you become famous, then you get taken advantage of. So yeah, I think that both are true. I think that Nicole is very talented. I think that she is a visionary, as you put it. And I also think that she is a treacherous monster. <laughs> I don't think that she's a girl's girl. I don't think that she supports other women. Um, I, I, I would be cautious and nervous for her to be in my life. But I think she's very talented and beautiful and is meant to be famous.
0: Yeah. She's like, if I like really want to go out and I want to dance, but I don't want to like, have super deep relationship with you as a person but i know Mm -hmm. that you'll be down to go out i would like text nicole yes
1: she's a happy hour girl
0: yeah yeah i'd be like girl let's go get drinks and dance like it's been so long and like we would talk about vapid things and we would dance and then we would go home and i wouldn't see her for like three months
1: and she's funny and she you know she's great at impressions and she's silly she's goofy you know, she'd be a great happy hour girl. Like, let's take off our business casual and go get a fucking cocktail. Let's go get some pink squirrels.
0: Unless it was two thousand five, and then we would put our business casual on to go out.
1: Yes. you put on your your uh, blazer, <laughs> yeah, and waist belt to go get a drink.
0: <laughs> put on my blazer over my like very silky cami, you know,
1: <laughs> and your skinny um, going out jeans.
0: Yeah, 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 with a like a black heel. Yeah. open jeans yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh Oh, man what a time Uh, we were
1: blessed to be a part of it what'd you say i said we were blessed to be a part of it
0: we really were i was like just too young to be able to like go out in my business casual but if only if only i were like five years older i would have really like taken advantage of that but
1: jesse there was a time period where if you knew me You would associate me with Blazers Because I only ever wore Blazers and hoodies like zip up hoodies It was not like my Uniform was Like the Kanye of it all So Let's move on Triple popped collar Troy Oh yes Yikes If you're not wearing three shirts you're naked
0: (laughs) Troy, what's going on with you? Do you have any things that you want to talk about? You know, what do you have anything to plug? Anything exciting? Can you share anything <laughs> right now? I'm always oh, doing this to you.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm so bad at, like, promoting myself. Um, well, I am launching a new podcast soon that I'm very excited about, that I'm hosting by myself, um, that I'm going to wait to announce the name of. Um, But I think that it's going to be next month I believe May is when it is going to premiere And I'm really excited about it It's like kind of everything I've ever wanted to do And it's just a really great concept and theme And it's going to be fun And of course you can still listen to Beyond the Blinds On everything Stitcher and iTunes and all this I I don't even, by the way, I don't know what Stitcher even is I just say it I don't either it's just is that what Android people
0: use? Uh no. I think Stitcher is just like another podcast platform. Okay. I don't even know All if right. I'm on it. I don't I don't even know. Sure. You can find
1: it on there, I think. Podbean, <laughs> whatever else. Um <laughs> we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash beyond the blinds. We do two episodes a week. One of them is a little bit more lighthearted and fun for the public, and then the Patreon episode is A little more along the lines of stuff that we've talked about today, yachting and things like that, um, stuff that will get us put in prison eventually. And yeah,
0: that's about it. you used to host a show called Dunzo. Can people find those episodes anywhere, Troy? I'm your manager. Yeah, you are. I used to
1: host a show called Dunzo that I just recently got the rights to for my um, Robin Anton. And I am... um, i'm still (laughs) i'm still working on downloading those episodes there are like 300 of them and patreon makes you do it one by one so i take little increments i get stoned and then i download episodes at night (laughs) sometimes i'm still going through it i know people are like where the fuck is it and i get it um it's happening i promise
0: (laughs) well Thanks for being on here. You are a friend of the pod, of course. Um, Your residency continues in the near future because I will have you back to (laughs) discuss another person. And honestly, like it kind of makes sense that we will be discussing this next person. Um, I have two more girl groups to cover. Uh, I'm going to do TLC and then I'm Mm. going to close out with Danity Kane. And so of course, Troy and I have to finish out this season by talking about the person who blocks me on all social media, Aubrey O'Day.
1: Do Do you? I would love to. I'm so uh, excited for that. You know how I feel about
0: Danity Kane. Me too. They just really captivate me. And... Yeah. Aubrey's line in Damage, where she's like, "You try to game my trust, talking about love, accents we I love it.
1: Aubrey randomly is like a songstress. It's my favorite. <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs> um, a couple of other sound bites, just because we're keeking at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. A couple of other sound boi- bites that Troy and I love to send back and forth to each other. <laughs> oh God.
1: <laughs> this is Pandora's box
0: Make the Britney noise <laughs>
1: This is for only deep cut Britney stands.
0: What a great song You Okay I'm not even gonna If you know you know If you don't I need you to go to the Britney album And I need you to listen to the bonus tracks okay? Yes Oh, and, and you'll hear it immediately. You'll hear it, like quite literally, when you hit play, you'll hear it. Yeah. So,
1: oh, I'm gonna listen to it now.
0: Yeah. And then the other one is um, from Kylie Minogue, uh, her <laughs> song Aphrodite, <laughs> because in the bridge, <laughs> in the bridge, she goes, "I'm facing, I'm feeling mighty. I'm the golden girl. I'm an Aphrodite. All right, oh. all right." Ah! I know, I just blew out your speakers. I'm so sorry. One of the the
1: almost biggest fights that me and Jesse ever got in was I sent him an audio of me doing literally my Kylie that day was like wild. Like the vibrato that I was able to accomplish that day was insane. And he didn't say anything back. And I thought it was literally, oh, it was like some Nicole Scherzinger behavior. I was like, oh, you see me as one of the little dancing whores. I can't have a moment to shine.
0: Hey, Carmite, we're running out of time, Troy. So um...
1: (laughs) you turned around and said, turn her mic down, please.
0: Turn her mic down. You're Melody right now. (laughs) no more ribs, no more more whales but yeah troy and i we talk frequently if you can't tell we have our little sound bites um so if you love this friendship then share this episode support us support troy get ready for his second night of his residency coming up in a couple of weeks to talk about miss o'day but for real, we're done kikiing. I love you all so much. Thank you for being on here, Troy. And I will see you all next time for the next group.
1: Bye.